I want to thank you all for being here tonight. It's a very special occasion at a very special place. And only count the electors who have been lawfully slated. Lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Our country. Our country has been under siege for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, and my fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. So just so you know, Rogaine actually works. I heard that Phil loves to go swimming with bald-headed women, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to if you live in Cincinnati. That could be the opening opening line for the show right there. Right there. Don't uh, edit that out. <laughs> yep. We'll, yeah, we'll keep that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So okay. go ahead, Lisa. Oh, uh, welcome once again, listeners, to Yeah Aha with Lisa. And Phil. And, of course, our frequent flyer co-host, Aaron, who's uh, coming in from Thousand Oaks, California. And, boy, his arms must be tired. Greetings, everyone. And this week we have, again, one of our favorite guests, Will Cooper. He has just released a book called Stress Test, How Donald Trump Still Threatens American Society. And uh, I will say to those um, Republican pundits out there who are like, uh-huh, Trump bashing once again, it actually is a fairly well-balanced treatise. Many of the columns... One of the things especially is there's a lot of stuff that I understood Trump to have done that he didn't actually do. Yeah. So not a hatchet thank job you for that any, information. Not a hatchet job by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. He merely tried to do those things. He yeah. still threatens society, but it's even handed. Yeah. The book I mean. He would if he could. Yeah. If he just could. Now Philip thinks Trump is it's going kinda, to run for president. That's what the book's about. It's what's what he kept him from being prosecute. able to could have. Yeah, yeah, right. So welcome, Will, after all this. Thank you, uh, Lisa, Phil, and Aaron. I uh, always love being on the show and appreciate your hospitality. So great to be here. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's great. You know, the previous one, yeah, I think it was in the works, you know, so we um, finally got a chance, you know, after I think we did a couple shows with you before we actually got a chance to read uh, the book, and it's a compilation of essays that are published on in uh, newsletters and and magazines across the country. Um, so we, you know, we caught wind of a couple of them online, but it's, it was a very uh, fluid uh, and, and meticulous timeline that was put together. The Trump presidency, going reaching mm-hmm. back to 2016, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I, you know, we're this is a perfect time to do this because we uh, we just had the midterm elections, right? Mm-hmm. And not you know all the pundits that I heard were predicting a red wave. You know, this was mm-hmm. going to be you know the the Senate and the House were going to be overwhelmingly uh, Republican Republican um, after the midterms, mm-hmm. but it just really didn't happen. And it happens every midterms. There's like I think the average is twenty nine seats flip. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be single digits for this one. Yeah. Right. 
And I, I think the voters in general don't always want the Congress and the president to be too in sync. Oh, yeah. Even though they yeah. do, you do want a certain amount of bipartisanness. Maybe they really don't. Maybe they like that, you know. So what do you think this referendum mm -hmm. on Trumpism? I think I it's do. a referendum on uh, Supreme Court decision. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm simultaneously optimistic and pessimistic about, about the results. Um, my optimism is that, yes, it wasn't as bad as some thought it might be. And the voters did reject a lot of the extremists and the Trump MAGA. The election candidates. deniers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's very important. And I was very happy to see that. And it, it gives me real optimism that the 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 health of our polity is better than I feared it might be and, and that might that might show it, it, through the election. So so that's my optimism. My, my pessimism is that in our system of government, a bare majority, uh, a single a single chair uh, seat in, in Congress majority has enormous consequences. The Democrats have a there's a tie in the Senate and Kamala Harris is what has brought us uh, enormous amount of Democratic policy, a one point nine trillion dollar spending bill uh, last year and, and things of that nature. So and, and whoever whoever controls the House, whoever controls the Senate, they control the investigation function, they control the committees. And so the results aren't in. But it looks like from what I gather, the Republicans are going to control the House. That's a really big deal, whether they control it by one person or 50. It's still a huge difference. And, and I think it's going to be a, a complete circus in a lot of ways when, when they're when they get in there um, in terms of how they investigate Biden and things like that. And then the Senate looks like somewhat of a toss up and we'll see how that goes. So I'm simultaneously happy and relieved on one hand, but also bracing for uh, what I think is going to be a. Um, fairly ugly couple years uh, of Republican control, at least in the House. I'm optimistic for the Democrats' chances in the Senate, at least. It's um, three races right now, right? I mean, well, we've got a runoff coming in Georgia. And I think with Stacey Abrams no longer running herself and able to organize another uh, you know, vote to get out the vote campaign like she did but for the last runoff, I, th I think Herschel Walker is going to get crushed the next go-around. That's an that's another month or two of him putting his foot in his mouth and more women coming forward and God knows what else. Well, that guy should not be in the Senate for many reasons. So I certainly no. would he should barely be in society at this point. <laughs> I'm not completely sure he should be allowed to run his own home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you got that runoff, and then you got Nevada and um, Arizona that are still, mm -hmm. you know. Mark Kelly versus uh, Blake Masters in Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Joe Lombardo versus Steve Sisolak, the Democrat in Nevada. Well, th those two, am I wrong? Those were on, on are those still up in the air? I believe so. They were as of this afternoon. So okay. So, yeah, I have not followed it closely the last <clears throat> chunk of hours. Yeah. I, I I haven't really yeah. followed much since about yesterday morning. Yeah, um, I, I just got off my shift to work, and I worked pretty late last night. Actually, I talked to you guys last night. Right. Mm -hmm. well, I think there's some interesting things that happened this election. 
um, on both sides, uh, um, Democrat and Republican. Um, there was Mara Healy won uh, the gubernatorial race in Massachusetts. She's the first female lesbian um, uh, winner in that state. Most state. female lesbians are female. The first female governor yeah. in the state. First yeah. lesbian governor in the state. How first about? lesbian governor in the country. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Good clarification there. Okay. Becca Ballant won the House of Representatives in Vermont. She is LGBTQT. That's mm-hmm. kind of remarkable. Um, James Resner, Democrat, first openly transsexual man to win New Hampshire state legislature. Ooh. Is that true of the country also, Aaron? I don't know. Probably. I Probably, think. yeah. That was, that was state legislature, you said? Yes, New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, on the Republican side, Mark Wayne Mullen became the first Native American to win a senator- senatorial race since mm-hmm. 2005. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders, yeah. <laughs> first female governor of Arkansas. So those things are uh, notable, um, you know, widespread mm-hmm. spectrum and indicative of the of the, the temperature of those states, I guess. And I guess the biggest thing, the biggest, the most, the star-studded uh, mm-hmm. con- contest that night or was uh, John Fetterman versus Dr. Oz. That's the one that really gained. Oh, thank goodness. And Fetterman uh, took that one. The Democrat defeated Oz. And Oz was pretty convincing. Yeah. Firmly in the corner of Trump. You know, Trump was uh, and Oz Mm -hmm. were like uh, Dorothy. and. Well, they're both reality TV stars. (laughs) Yeah. And he he is famously... um, he has famously, uh, uh, you know, put forth some snake oil on his show. Right. Behind these walls, I've got five revolutionary metabolism busters to bust through the fat after 40. I don't get why you need to say this stuff because you know it's not true. Add these to your diet to get rid of your belly once and for all. Come on, man. Supplements. Those simple, safe, no prescription required pills and potions that can blast your fat, kill your cravings. Things that were actually dangerous that people have, you know. That it comes yeah. back to Trump. That's interesting. Was mm-hmm. it? I mean, Trump, yeah. for the most part, except for Ohio. Snake oil, but you know what I mean. Except for Ohio, where um, J.D. Vance defeated mm-hmm. uh, Tim Ryan. Mm-hmm. Still Billy Elegy guy, right? Yeah. Firmly in the corner of Trump. Vance was firmly in the corner of Trump. Um, mm. He won. We're sorry. But for, in a lot of other races, mm-hmm. Trump seemed to be mm-hmm. a anchor to their campaigns, mm-hmm. at least in my perception. I don't know. And I disagree. But well, DeSantis' that- big win kind of was another black guy for Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a dark horse coming up on Trump. You know, he might be if you're if you're Republican and you're not uh, for Trump, DeSantis may be your man, you know. But um, does that, I mean, does this represent a turning okay. point? Is this a, a turning point in, in the whole mm-hmm. Trump phenomenon, this particular midterm? I'm not sure. There have been a lot of moments with Trump that at the, at the time seemed like they could have been turning points against him. And, and a lot of people said they were turning points against him. And they, they weren't. They did not end up being, that did not end up being the case. The, the, the tape of him saying those terrible things uh, um, about access Hollywood when yeah. he did access Hollywood was supposed to be a turning point and it, and it wasn't, he won the election a couple of weeks later. 
Do I have a booger on my nose or something, Lisa? Is that what you guys are laughing about? <laughs> okay, this no. thing popped into my head. She had a, um, a comedy Eric idea. Trump and Herschel Walker running for president in 2026. Oh. Okay, but neither of them admits to who's going to be president. They're going to pick after <laughs> they're elected. So, A, the two of them. They could be played by the same guy on SNL. Um, B, it's not even a year for the president. And C, I actually don't dislike the idea of the, you know, the most votes thing. That's what we originated with in the country, where voting was um, the person who got the most votes was the president. And the second Before was the vice president. College, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, but, by the way, also, the original college needs to die a horrible death. I will a, show up with a knife. Let me know where. So now you're you had to be a property holding white man to vote, though. Yeah, it wasn't you. <laughs> it was me. He was coming up with an SNL yeah. skit. Yeah. Yeah. But I like it. That that is a winning skit. <laughs> um, but so I think um, so. I I don't. I'm not convinced it is a turning point. Um, Trump appears to be ready to announce in the next week or so. I think he's half a dozen or so open lawsuits going on right now, too. Yeah, he does. There's a lot of things that could bring him down. There's a lot of things that could have brought him down before that didn't. Um, I think the big thing for me is with Trump, it's really, if you remember in 2016, he was competing with Rubio and Cruz and, and Bush. And those debates really, really helped Trump. He got on stage with those guys and none of them were able to play ball the way Trump did, where, where he was just demeaning them and being a showman in ways that repulsed a lot of people, but really mobilized board. Republicans. Yeah. And and Jeb Bush and Cruz and Rubio wilted. And yeah. so until until we see DeSantis on stage fighting back, playing on that that battlefield i just don't know how excited we sh we should be getting about him right. well hopefully gonna, he's uh, already in training to deal with bullies right he, he, he could destroy uh desantis in the you know primaries by the time you know that'd be great i hope he does destroy DeSantis yeah, I mean, in the primaries. Yeah. you would rather have trump as the nominee than desantis Aaron? oh yeah why i don't think he can win again no in the general yeah what why what makes you say that? Uh, the midterms, for one thing, the fact that it, as loud as you may hear the talking heads on the right, you know, denigrating the Biden administration, it's um, you know, it, it that red wave, even a small one, didn't you know didn't happen, and yeah. uh, and I think that I think the GOP got a little overconfident, especially with the uh, the overreach there with the Supreme Court and the Dobbs decision. That awakened a lot of uh, otherwise dormant voters. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a very good point. Yeah. I, uh, mm -hmm. I tend to agree. I don't, you know, but then he's beat the odds so many times before, you know. But I mean, I don't, a lot of people that voted for him the first time didn't vote for him the second time. Right. And after seeing what happened on January 6th, I think a lot of those people wouldn't vote for him a third time. The ones that aren't, the ones that aren't completely. You know, the ones that didn't drink the Kool-Aid, the ones that are just, you know, voting because they're Republican or whatever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's also the case historically that, you know, two two years mm -hmm. out, 
things almost never shape up the way you think that the, That's the, true too. the leaders that the the people that are in in the lead two years out very rarely get the nomination and the nomination very often goes to people that weren't even on on the radar it's hard to remember that because in hindsight the winner seems like they were much bigger yeah. all along than they really were yeah. but nobody, nobody really was behind biden so much i mean he was biden just kind was of the last nothing. man standing yeah biden was was tiny it was getting hard you know very little energy behind biden two years before mm-hmm. he got nominated barack obama was a tiny little peon compared to hillary clinton two years ahead of time in retrospect, it seems like they were the same, but Hillary was much bigger. And oh, then, yeah. and then Trump in twenty fourteen, Obama was a phenomenon. <laughs> in twenty fourteen, nobody thought Trump was going to win. So I think the field, i.e., everybody other than Trump, has the potential for a really strong candidate to emerge. It's not on. It could be DeSantis, but it also could be somebody not not on our radar. That's just how it works. Uh, very often, and I think this could, could be, be a, another could example. be a Romney or something. Yeah, yeah, Glenn Youngkin. I don't know much about him, but yeah. somebody like that probably won't be him specifically. But somebody, a governor or a congressperson, somebody that 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 isn't on everybody's radar now could end up getting a lot of traction and winning. I could think Jimmy Carter. If you want to go way yeah. back, he came great out. example. Yeah, yeah, um, great example. But um, so. Trump, uh, he has to continue to run, right? He has to continue to run. People said, I've heard pundits say, well, he's got to, uh, there's a chance that he doesn't want to stand the embarrassment of losing. He will not run again uh, because of the humiliation factor, but he's got these cases, Aaron, like Aaron alluded to, hanging over him. And as long as he's running, if he perchance wins, then he's, you know, then that's sort of his immunity from prosecution on some of these things from stemming from January 6th, right? Yeah. Well, unless they find him guilty of a felony before then, if that uh, E. Jean Carroll rape trial yields any results or something like that. So a few thoughts there. I don't. It's it's really it's really interesting. I mean, he doesn't technically have any immunity no matter what. Right. So even if he were to win, he wouldn't necessarily be immune from um, but but his Department of Justice wouldn't take any action against him. Yeah, presumably. I mean, you could have a special counsel that it, it would get really weird and complicated, and it probably would be. It probably would work out that that he even if if he was convicted and then won, he would he would be released. Um, I forget you're actually an attorney, right? I am. Uh, it's hard, so right. it's hard to know, um, but. It, um, it is the case that in order to get a conviction in the United States of a serious crime, the it, there has to be a unanimous jury verdict. It's actually a really good rule. I I, I tend to mm-hmm. like protections for defendants, mm-hmm. but Donald Trump, you know, a quarter of the country loves him, so it's, yeah. getting a unanimous verdict against him is going to be really hard. I think prosecutors know that, and so they're going to be a little bit less likely to bring charges to begin with than they otherwise would be. But that's a significant hurdle to that's get. That's why getting. I'm hanging my hat on the Gene Carroll in New York. Well, that's a civil. I believe that's civil, not criminal. So no, even if he loses, civil. it's a... It's his money. Yeah. Um, the, his exposure, mm-hmm. I think his real exposure is in Georgia on the election, trying to change the results of the election. And then the document litigation with mar-a-lago i think may have some teeth yeah he's been summoned right he's been summoned uh, by the uh, special committee 
and he uh, it's up in the air whether or not he's going to uh, testify. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Bannon, his you know partner in politics, he did uh, he exercised his uh, you know right not to testify, and then he. <laughs> and then he wound up in prison. So I mean, is is any of this pertaining? Is does any of this connect to mail fraud, perchance? Mail fraud. Mail yes. fraud. Yes. Yes. Because postal, um, the postal police, when picking someone up for mail fraud, they mm-hmm. don't have to read you your Miranda rights. Uh, There's no. They don't have to follow that shit. Wow. My dad was very proud of that. I see. <laughs> no, it's it's not a postal thing. It's okay. Unless he mailed the documents. Any of the stuff get mailed to Mar-a-Lago? I don't think he mailed them to Mar-a-Lago. I think he he packed them. Oh, bummer. Mm. Oh, well, it's worth a shot. Is that a precursor to what might happen to Trump? If he refused? He he installed uh, Louis DeJoy in there, so I don't think he trusted the mail to get there. (laughs) I mean, is is the process, like Roger Stone and um, Mm -hmm. Bannon... They've, got, they've done prison time, right? For uh, not the exact same. I mean, Roger Stone was something a little different, wasn't it? So, but, but Bannon for contempt of Congress, or, or yes, yeah. So, so is that a precedent for what could happen to Trump if he refuses to testify? Or he could. It could be he, Trump would be looked at in a different way than Bannon because he, Trump would be a hostile would, witness at least. Well, Trump would have. Uh, arguments that Bannon doesn't have relating to executive privilege and separation of powers. So it's possible that Trump would have a different result. But my my sense is that probably if he just outright refused to cooperate at all, uh, he probably would have the, the same result. But it's but it you know it's it it would be a different question. It's one thing for Steve Bannon, a private citizen, to say, I'm not going to testify before Congress. It's another thing for somebody to say, while I was president, these activities occurred while I was president, and I am a co-equal branch. He's the defendant. (laughs) Co-equal branch of government and all. So he would have another layer of argument. But but it's the, does he have executive privilege from the executive branch? That's kind of the question, too, because the DOJ is no longer president. Yeah, the privileges would apply. I think, well, his it, would, argument, it would apply to the judicial and the legislature. It would, it would apply in the context of the January 6th Congressional Committee seeking mm-hmm. his testimony. So the privilege would be asserted to protect him against a different branch of government. Uh, in the context of a process. For the, for the classified document one, though, that's some. that That's the executive branch. Yeah, I don't think he would have that. executive privilege. Um, I think a lot of the behavior there occurred after he left office and he refused to turn over documents uh, and hand them back. And then I don't think he would be able to claim privilege for you know breaking the law to um, you know essentially steal documents he wasn't supposed to have. Um, so I think it would be a harder. He could claim it though. The privilege, you know, the, the privilege exists uh, in court. You know, even though the exec, even when the executive branch is. Yeah, um, leading the prosecution. It's not just limited to you know Congress um, when when you're fighting with Congress. Mm. Or, or fighting. I don't. I don't think he has strong or, arguments for for privilege in in the documents context, though. He he stole documents that he wasn't allowed to have, and then they told him to give them back, and he lied about it and didn't do it. Yeah. It's not like he was getting advice from the Secretary of State on you know foreign policy or something. He did, he did steal them while he was in office. He did, but. 
but the not giving them back, he wasn't in office anymore. Yeah. And um, if you violate a crime, it's an exception to privilege in the act of the act of. So if it's a clear violation, mm -hmm. um, which it is, presumably it appears to be there. I'm yeah. sure he'd have, I'm sure he'd have, have arguments. It was planted. Well, he might be able to, he might be able to assert privilege, for example, on what advice did his attorney give him about whether he could take the documents? That might be something no. that he would get. His, while his, attorney, was in, his attorney told them that that was everything, right? What do you mean? His attorney told the, told the, um, the DOJ or the archivists or whomever, you know, he, he like signed off and said, that's all the documents. And then, and then they had the search warrant and came and found, you know, he'd given up a hundred documents before the, the raid. Hmm. So, so he, he, he turned over a hundred classified documents. His lawyer said, that's everything. Mm -hmm. And then they came and found more. Yeah. And they may have been tipped off that there were more. Yeah. And they were, they were tipped, they were tipped off about them being moved out of that storage room too. So that they, they want more documents. They know there's he still has some documents. Why don't we go ahead and stick our commercial break in here? Uh -huh. I mean, doesn't it all kind of seem to be in the same ballpark as Hillary Clinton's email server? I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it. And I hate to say it. But if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation, because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. And we're going to have a special prosecutor. You get a subpoena, and after getting the subpoena, you delete 33,000 emails. And then you acid wash them, or bleach them, as you would say, a very expensive process. So we're going to get a special prosecutor, and we're going to look into it, because you know what? People have been... Their lives have been destroyed for doing one-fifth of what you've done. And it's a disgrace. And honestly, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. The Trump classified document scandal taking a new turn. The National Archives revealing some records from Trump White House are still missing. That does not mean that Trump himself took them. But the feds did find hundreds of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And today, newly revealed audio of Trump. In an interview with The New York Times' Maggie Haberman, he admits he took some documents like letters to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, and then appeared to walk it back. Did you leave the White House with anything in particular? Are there any memento documents you took with you? Anything of no? Not, nothing of great urgency. No. Okay. I have great things, though. You know, uh, the letters, the Kim Jong-un mm -hmm. letters, and many of them. You were able to take those with you? Look at what's happening. Wow. No, I, th I think that has the, I think that's in the uh, archives. But most of it is in the Okay. Mm, seems a lot worse. <laughs> Hillary's email server to me was ne negligence, and this seems to be yeah. intentional misconduct. Right. But right. That's okay. my son. Hers was an oops. His is a on purpose. I mean, I mean, I remember during the campaign Intent. that was, you know, every debate, every opportunity mm -hmm. he had to beat her up over the the email yeah. server. Yeah. That's all he had. Yeah. And then that's where we come that, to intent. That in Benghazi, I guess. Speaking of intent, let's talk about sexual rights and uh, in the workplace. Okay. Leto and uh, what's yeah. the other guy's name? Yeah, Justice Alito. Yes, Justice Alito. Sorry. Where Alito asserted that the original intent of the law 
was um, not to protect LGBTQT, um, whereas if intent is taken into account, then many cases could be legislated um, or could be rethought. For instance, I didn't mean to kill him. That was not my intent. And listen to Judges, Justice Alito. Intent matters. So Alito was ruling on a case? They were ruling on a, a case of, um, you know, uh, sexual protection in the workplace okay. and marriage equality. Right? Yeah. So okay. the case? Right. Yeah. And Alito cited that he said the original intent of the law was not to protect, but, um, but that um, because at the time... LGBTQT in the way we know it was not on their radar. Okay. Okay. But Kavanaugh argued that it doesn't matter because it says sex. It doesn't say gender. It doesn't say Bob and Jean. It doesn't say man and woman. It says sex. And so if we take intent into account, people could come up to the Supreme Court and, and argue that Alito has to be on their side because he says intent matters yeah well, like yeah it's yeah. like in 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 will's book it says uh justice alito asserts that this logic can be cast aside simply because the civil rights act's drafters mm -hmm. did not have gay and transgender people in mind in 1964 I, i'd say by that same logic the second amendment can be cast aside because the drafters didn't have automatic weapons in mind you know thank you very it's, much it's aaron beautiful comment yeah. It's a Excellent good, argument. It's mm -hmm. a very good uh, argument. And it's ironic that Alito, who will often make a ruling saying, well, it doesn't matter what intent was. Here's mm -hmm. what it says. Um, and he'll do that when, when he gets the result he wants. Uh, in this context, as he didn't like the result, was so focused on intent. Whereas mm -hmm. Gorsuch, who wrote the opinion, stayed consistent um, and it says on the you, you you may not discriminate in the workplace on the basis of sex. That's what it says. And if 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 a uh, female is married to a male, they get protections. If the female is married to a female, they don't. The only thing that changed, everything else is exactly the same. The only thing that change it changes in those two scenarios is sex. And um, and to discriminate on on that basis fairly clearly violates the law that says you may not discriminate on the basis of sex. So Lisa, I think you're exactly right. I think it's a great point. Well, you made the point. I just, you know, restated it in a way I understood it better. Yeah, that stood out. But, yeah. Me. yeah. To you, what stood out to mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. and I, it was a very good, the book was a very good timeline of the events and a very good, um, mm -hmm. you know, the temperature was being taken at a yeah. cadence along the it entire. Was, it was your col it was your columns from those times, right? Yeah, so yeah. The controversy that you brought up first was uh, Hunter Biden's activities in Russia and Trump's attempts to um, leverage uh, Vladimir Zelensky in Ukraine to come up with uh, um, incriminating doc, you know, evidence on. You wanted him to investigate the Bidens. Right, right. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. took a the, the group of us did an episode on the Ukrainian the Ukrainian conflict already. So. Yeah. Are you concerned about impeachment, sir? 
Not at all, seriously. What, we what had a perfect phone call with the president of Ukraine. Uh, everybody knows it. It's just a Democrat witch hunt. Here we go again. They failed with Russia. They failed with recession. They failed with everything. And now they're bringing this up. The one who's got the problem is Biden. Because you look at what Biden did. Biden did what they would like to have me do, except for one problem. I didn't do it. What Biden did is a disgrace. What his son did is a disgrace. The son took money from Ukraine. The son took money from China. A lot of money from China. China would love to see. He would. They could think of nothing they'd rather see than Biden get in, because they will take this great deal that we're about to make, and they would really have themselves a, a deal for what, themselves. What did you so let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. What Biden did was wrong. What did, so you, tell president, president, what did you tell the Ukrainian president about Joe Biden and, and his son during your phone call? Well, you're going to see, because uh, what we are doing is we want honesty. And if we deal with a country, we want honesty. And I think with the new president, you're going to see much more honesty in the Ukraine. And that's what we're looking for. We're supporting a country. We want to make sure that country is honest. It's very important to talk about corruption. If you don't talk about corruption, why would you give money to a country that you think is, is corrupt? One of the reasons the new president got elected is he was going to stop corruption. So it's very important that on occasion you speak to somebody about corruption. But, Will, you took, mm -hmm. I thought, a very lucid and lawyerly approach to that uh, and, and describing, you know, what, what was your point of view on that controversy that Trump was attempting to exploit? Well, it was very, uh, you know, dangerous and improper to withhold congressionally authorized aid that Trump had signed into law uh, from a ally that under extreme pressure from a you know much larger adversary uh in, in exchange for targeting a political rival i mean that is just extraordinarily improper and quid pro quos happen all the time in foreign policy that's what foreign policy almost always amounts to you you know we'll buy your gas in exchange for you know this you know you you open, up your, open yeah. up your border to our product what it's it's always that that's a huge part of it, but to but to and withholding things until you get what you want, all of that's normal and okay in general. But to do that is a way to target your political rival and and impact the American political process is is a huge abuse of power. Yeah, um, withholding aid that was already approved and earmarked. And already approved. Again. Yep, already earmarked. I thought in general, I thought the Democrats. First impeachment of Trump was handled very poorly. I, 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 I think the Nixon impeachment proceedings were, it was clear to me in, from what I understand about those hearings and what I've learned that everybody on both sides said, let's get to the bottom of what actually happened and let's keep an open mind for the country. It's so important for the country. And, and Trump's first impeachment was just this, um, it was just partisan sport on both sides. Yeah. And that pretty was obstructionist on the that was Republican side and pretty yeah. hawkish on the Democrats. Both sides were, were extremely partisan. They were not looking for the truth. They were looking to, by all means necessary, get the result they want. And impeachment's just too important for that. So I simultaneously thought Trump's behavior was a terrible abuse of power, but I also thought the the process of impeaching him and the, the approach to that was was very poor. Um so um, 
So well, I found that to be a good point. Yeah, the villagers with torches. I mean, in the era of like clearly yeah. extreme news, fake news, you know, Fox News or, or CNN sometimes, you know, where everything is made to fit your preconceived notions. I thought it was a very lucid and open-minded way to present the errors of both sides there. I don't know if that was the first or second essay in the book, but it was up towards the front, of course, in the mm-hmm. timeline. So I've got to wonder how, how would it have been handled if it was Obama that did that? It would have probably would have been, been worse. <laughs> yeah. It would have been worse. It's the, the both sides and this is going to continue. And when the, Repub- the Republicans are probably going to impeach Biden for something, we, we don't even know what it is yet. And it, th- that yeah. that approach in Congress of attacking the other side um, to the detriment of the country as a whole is very yeah. unfortunate. It just it's, it's it's not good for the country. Putative impeachment. What's right. that? Punitive impeachment. Yeah, it's a great slogan right there. Punitive impeachment. Yeah. I like that. And the impeachment, impeachment is not impeachment this be, is not this be retaliatory impeachment. <laughs> yeah. Impeachment yeah. is not something that should be weaponized. Impeachment is very okay. it's a very serious thing because mm-hmm. the most legitimizing action that the American body politic takes is mm-hmm. every four years, the entire population that's eligible to vote decides who the president's going to be altogether. There's no other context like that. Governors are individual states. Congress people come from mm-hmm. their states. The Supreme Court gets nominated and confirmed. There's only one time every four years, and it's the Article 2, the president of the United States. And if you if you miscalibrate the impeachment clause and you get and you start impeaching presidents with too low of a bar, no matter who they are, it 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 fundamentally undermines that most important part of our system. And it's just going to lead to one impeachment after another after another. Now, all of that being said, if the behavior clearly rises above the bar for being an impeachable offense, like Trump's behavior with the election in January 6th, then um and 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 there's a dangerous component to it, then I think you know, it, it is I hope Mike Pence comes through for us, I have to tell you. I hope that our great vice president, our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. States want to revote. I just want to find uh, 11,000 780 votes. One more than we have. Because we won the state. I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. Members were barricaded inside the House chamber. And in the middle of it all, you can see that the president has tweeted. 2.24 p.m., the president tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. It angered me. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you and God bless America. Certain point you have to do what you have to do, but Trump's behavior 
surrounding the election was um, exponentially so worse was, than anything was else. Bill's, was Bill Clinton's behavior impeachable? I thought that was a terrible, thank you, terrible saga for the country. Uh, no, yeah. I don't no. think you should. Um, I mean, I feel that whole initiative was terrible. I, I feel that an impeachable offense is something that would involve the president needing to be removed from office. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton screwed around. Well, the only person that should have impeached him is his wife. There's government and then there's politics. Okay. That was, that was yeah. politics. And, and that's exactly the problem. Politics is still being used. Ever since Clinton, impeachment has been used as a tool, as as Will said, weaponized. Yeah. Well, and it's ridiculous. I remember when Nixon they're, was... They're not impeaching his... for the right things. There are things. But you're... When Nixon right, was impeached, exactly, it meaning, exactly. Well, he, and, he resigned before the impeachment even really got well, right. Rolling. And a lot of people don't even realize that they think that he just got impeached, but no, he resigned to avoid the the shame of impeachment. But um, but you know, I mean, I feel like you know, I feel like they're impeaching people for stealing candy from the five and dime pick. Pick an appropriate impeachment, people. Make it stick. Make it real. I mean, it's and then when and, 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 and said bad Clinton, don't screw around. And they get it. The whole thing is a is a is so um, it's handled so poorly at, from every angle. And then Trump does something that so obviously is an impeachable offense. Uh, at the end of his term surrounding the election. I mean, if that's not impeachable, I don't know what possibly is. It. I mean, that it was the worst behavior of any president ever by by orders of magnitude over anything else. And then all these Republicans didn't, you know, voted not to impeach him. So you're there. So every whether you're, you're what they were afraid of him, they every every direction, it's just a complete cluster. And it's really unfortunate because it's a really important. It's not just some little appendage to the Constitution. Impeachment is a really, really central part of the system, and to have it be weaponized and approached in such a dysfunctional way is really unfortunate. It is. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. I feel like we've all been kind of desensitized to what's shocking behavior in the past six years. Yeah. Yeah. Because Trump's first impeachment for a president prior to Trump that what that would have been shocking behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for him, for Trump, it was just a Tuesday or whatever. I yeah. remember the world mm-hmm. stopped when Clinton was impeached. I remember, you know, there was 20-hour videos of his... Uh, I thought he was going to be removed from office. I mean, I thought that's what impeachment meant. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. These allegations are false. And I need to go back to work for the American people. And I remember Republicans like marching down uh, from, mm-hmm. from uh, the Capitol, you know, for a press conference. They were like making a big presentation. And no one's no one's ever been removed. Right. Not even. Andrew right. Johnson. Have they been? Hard, no. Too hard to get the numbers. You need 75 percent. Right. Yeah. Is that what but, it is? I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't speak well, to that. Sorry, that's, what's the question? Uh, what the, what's uh, what percentage does the Senate need to uh, to impeach? Isn't it like seventy five percent? To actually remove the House, the House needs a to remove to impeach. The Senate needs two thirds to remove. 
Two thirds. Okay. You know, so much of uh, the cult of Trump revolves around the media, whether it's his battle with the media or his per- with the perceived um, opposition in the media or his own usage of the media. Mm-hmm. And I think you use a term called my side bias. And I thought that was very, you know, very concise way to kind of um, uh, demonstrate how polarizing the world has become and the media has become so accessible with social media, Twitter, you know, Twitter, you basically use Twitter the campaign directly to uh, mm-hmm. individuals, you know, his constituency, rather than using the political uh, apparatus that uh, every other, you know. Well, yeah, he, he went practically a year without using his press secretary to give uh, any kind of uh, update to the press, right? Nine months or something like that. Um, yeah. Wasn't there a time one, here? One of them, one of them came one? and one, one of those. Governor of Arkansas. Went, yeah, Huckabee was, the, was like the first one. Yeah. But uh, after that was McEnany, and I think after her, she came and went without even giving a single um, press update, White House press update at all in her term in her tenure. Oh, huh. yeah, that's interesting. And who was the one that uh, 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 Sean Spicer? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. That's right, put them out. That's right, Spicy's back, Sarah's out. Let's do this. First question, Michelin Man. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant Glenn. (laughs) Yes, some people are saying that based on President Trump's tweets that he is unhinged. Would you agree? Oh, my God. Glenn, do I come to your job and slap the seven or eight hot dogs out of your mouth? Uh You're really going to ask me that? This is offensive. If he's crazy... He's crazy like a fox with mental problems. <laughs> hey, next question. Yes. She was forgot, so... forgot weak. about Spicy. He was... Uh, yeah. Yeah. What is he, two yeah. weeks? Something like that. Scaramucci? I think the, the SNL parodies lasted longer than his actual term. And then they yeah. should because they... be the same hilarious. for Liz Truss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, Phil, I... I um, Thanks for mentioning the my side bias um, part of the book. I I do believe it's a very pervasive part of how people think about politics, and we all do it, you know. Um, but I I think that um, on both we sides, we do it of the as out, sports fans too, right? What's up? We do it as sports fans too. We're especially optimistic about our own team's chances next year. Yeah, and if you and if you're if you're in if you're in Yankee Stadium and the and the the, the Yankee shortstop gets the ball and throws to first and and the Red Sox runner beats it by that much, the entire stadium is going to say he was you're, out. You're convinced he's and out. if you yep. flip the, the scenario to, to Boston and you do the exact same thing, the entire stadium is going to say he's safe. Yeah. And, and you're, um, you're like, why do I have to watch the Yankees and the Red Sox? Monday there you night. go. You're Remember my, the old uh, light Nick beer Crawl commercial, is, less filling, tastes great, less filling, tastes yeah. great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we're, our brains are just programmed to look at things differently depending on whether our team or our our tribe, you know, what role they play. And, and I, I just think it's part of human nature and cognitive, the cognitive engineering of the human brain. And we all do it. And uh, and it and it does. I think it, it causes a lot of inaccuracy in people's in people's thinking. It's a survival trait, probably. Yeah, I think it's just. 
Got to so look out for number one. The world is super complicated. So if you don't take shortcuts in how you process things, you'll never function because there's so much phenomena everywhere, and you kind of you, you you have to you have to simplify. The human brain, can, you know, developed needing to simplify. Well, and it results in these uh, gross. Uh, generalizations that people make or stretches that people make in order to make their points. Like this, the example you use in one of your essays is that, you know, when you look at the January 6th protesters, they tend to be lumped together. Like, oh, you were there on January 6th. You're one of those, you know, crazy people that were in the house looking for Nancy Pelosi and, you know, trying, looking to kill somebody. But really, there are like three types of protesters, right? You got you got the maniacal <laughs> uh, village, you know, uh, the village idiots. All I, all I can think of is Nancy Pelosi saying "poo poo" now. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have peaceful pro. You know, you got people there that were just there for Trump's speech, maybe. You know, or you have uh, they. You know, they attended. They they, they sympathized with them, but they didn't really participate in the uh, storming of the Capitol. They never went inside. You know, there's all the sense, uh, all the nuance. Some, some that, people went to the ellipse and went home, but he did. He did encourage them to march to the. Uh, he did yeah. march to the Capitol. Explicitly, he, told, he told them they'd be right there with him too. Right. Which, of course, he wasn't. But that's. Um, yeah. He wanted to. That yeah, side right. bias really destroys all the nuance, the nuances, you know, the fabric of the. Absolutely. What what happens with nuance and my side bias is when you like the narrative, when it supports your your tribe, then you don't worry about nuance and you just inhale it all. And yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah yeah that happened. That's exactly. And then it, and then when the narrative you don't like it, then all of a sudden you turn on the part of your brain where you st- oh well wait hold on. This is different. No, it didn't. You, you you start seeing all the nuance so that you can distinguish it. So the brain turns that on and off depending on what 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 the narrative is and how they feel about people. Um, so it's just it's part of who we are. And yeah, you you kind of remind me of Philip's dad. His dad, uh, if if you said the sky is blue today, his dad automatically said it was orange. Oh. Whether he believed it was blue or not. He loved to argue. He loved to argue regardless. So I think he really didn't have a my guys so much as a other guy guys. That's a great, yeah, a lot of, yeah, contrarian, right? Yes. Exactly. And I, I tend towards that sometimes. He would have been glued to television mm-hmm. during oh, that, yeah. uh, in 2016. Yeah. I mean, he would have. And then, if we were over at the house, he would have been for Trump. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. And but when mostly because he when his and when his sister in law was at the house, he'd have been against Trump. Mostly because he even knew it, it would antagonize people and right. people, yeah, mm-hmm. he loved to do that. Yeah. Um okay. but this kind of uh the, the the kind of fast and loose way that we operate now with the social media and this my side bias. There was a journalist named Walt Littman, and you cited him talking about too much democracy. And I mean, to me, that, I mean, that sounds almost offensive, you know, to American. Like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I'm, you know, all about freedom, you know, and it's like this a- easy access to the president of the United States or Elon Musk on Twitter, you know, I can mm-hmm. get on my phone and whatever. But there is uh, a school of thought that there's too much democracy. It's and- like going into Costco and not knowing what, you know, to choose in the cereal aisle. Too much choice. Too much too much democracy and yeah mm. so you know it's like 
you know, all these things, if you think of, uh, if, you, if you're of a mind that Trump is Frankenstein's monster, these are all the parts that go into mm-hmm. the monster. But yeah, and the book does a good job it, 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 tying it back in. Like a lot of times you'll find things from historical figures like Stalin, where he talks about he don't care who votes or how they vote. He only wants to know who counts the votes. Just to paraphrase the quote that you used in the essay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, um, I watched, uh, I don't know if you know who Jordan Klepper is from The Daily Show. He has, um, there's a special uh, Jordan Fingers the Midterms, I believe it was called. <laughs> and it was, um, it was clearly demonstrating the my sideism and what Phil was just saying. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you can, you can see it on tape, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll great. share a link it's to worth, that. That's worth looking at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah. The democracy, the too much democracy thing is, uh, it's an interesting question. It's, and, and, you know, Trump, he got a lot of votes. He, you know, he got a lot of votes. There's a lot of people that support him. And sometimes when the, when the, the population gets what they want, it's not good. Right. So, and the founders were, were very thoughtful about, restraining too much democracy you know judges are confirmed yeah and sit, sit for life and congress is rep you know people there it's a republic right not a not a true democracy it's a republic where you get into the office but once you're in office throughout your term you can vote the way you want it's not like the dirt you know direct yeah. Yeah. side you, don't, you don't have to answer to the people till your next election Pure democracy at the most extreme would be just some, you know, set up some system to vote every day on, you know. And then that brings me to the Kardashians versus the economy. All right. Little bit of a nit to pick there. Just a little, because it's not so much that we care more about the Kardashians. It's just that the Kardashians are more immediately available. I don't know where to go to see what they're spending our money on. And when I do go there, I want to know every line freaking item thing. And if I can't encompass that in my, you know, situation, I'm not necessarily going to look it up. I think you could probably link to the federal budget or whatever if you were so inclined to read it. Exactly. Well, and and that also brings me to the uh, how do we know who voted for what? Because it says... Bob Johnson voted against the bridge. Oh, that's that's all did on the record. Vote against the bridge, or did he vote against the writers that were attached to the vote about the bridge? See, well, so the, there's the wording of the vote and the vote are able to look up. Reasoning, you might have to might have to do more. Yeah, digging. When I read that, so, when I read know, that comment about too much democracy, it took me back to something I've always believed, I believe for a large <laughs> portion of my life. I feel like when <laughs> When, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson, when the forefathers, they're at, uh, you know, Raleigh's Tavern and Williamsburg, mm-hmm. they're sitting around at firelight in the evening, talking philosophy and politics. I always felt like the Republican idea was the most idealistic, the most high minded, the most free, the most, uh, you know, free form, the most um, open, the, the most pure version of mm-hmm. uh, society that we could have. Mm-hmm. Right. But. That it, fa- it it is still it, considered it, it's so idealistic that it fails, right? Mm-hmm. It's so idealistic that it fails. It does though. 
Because it continues. Like too much democracy. We don't have a king. We don't have a, a dictator. We don't, we've not been overthrown. I feel like if, it, if things were you know? perfect and people, you know, if, yeah. if, if the idea was that you throw all that shit up in the air and it settles and it's, you know, people are free. And mm -hmm. Yeah. But well, I mean, we need to get rid of the electoral college. It's antiquated and it no longer seres a purpose. But when people have to not a real purpose, it falls apart. Mm. But but yeah. I mean, I have looked you're, for those. You're going to get a lot of pushback from the smaller states on. I haven't looked for the economy, but I have looked for the votes. I'm not saying that it was correct. And I can't find <laughs> what they voted on when, and you know, yeah, I haven't been able to find it. Now maybe I'm not looking in the right places. So I mean, I've always it, felt like that was the truest way to look at it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a really important point that Lisa has made that. Mm -hmm. accessibility to government action and decision making can be very limited and and that's unfortunate and i i think that's a great a great point and uh, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong about the kardashians versus the economy because let's face it there are other people who do care more about kardashians than um than than government but but i don't think as many that do the searches you know they're just looking up they just want to look at her butt <laughs> There's one quote right. that I wanted to share from, uh -huh. from the book um, that you quoted uh, civil rights attorney Brian Stevenson. Um, Our criminal justice system treats you better if you're rich and guilty than if you're poor and innocent. Yep. Yep. That's a good quote. Well, I know, <laughs> I know Will, we should mm -hmm. wind down here. I know Will has to yeah. uh, get dragons mm -hmm. to slay. So why don't you go ahead and plug? Your book one more time here or any social media or any you know your publisher anyone you want to mention great uh thanks phil uh stress test how donald trump threatens american democracy and it's mm -hmm. uh, available uh most places books are sold so if you just google it it'll I, it's right there on amazon and barnes and noble and others mm -hmm. so easy to find um so thank mm -hmm. you and it's been been a lot of fun talking about the book and i always get a lot out of hearing each of your perspectives. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you back. for making us think <laughs> about something other yeah. than Kim Kardashian's butt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, great to see you all. Thank you very much. You. You you Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck with the bill with the, with the book. Will stress tests. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. Aaron. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. We have social. Twitter. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Instagram. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Facebook. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.